0: You have to absolutely dominate at the role that you were hired for, at the foundation, at your current position before you can even think of moving on to something new.
1: Hey LeadHers, welcome to another episode Of the Lead Her Lessons Podcast. Today I am sitting down with Lee McNeil. She is the director of office management for Power Home Remodeling Group, which, if you're not familiar with Power, they were named Fortune Magazine's number one workplace for millennials and listed on Glassdoor's best places to work in 2017. And Lee, she started out at Power in 2013 as an office manager in the Atlanta Territory. And in three short years, she worked her way to become the director of all 27 office managers in the 13 territories that power operates in. So today, guys, we discuss everything from tips to working your way up the corporate ladder to challenges of being a female in a male-dominated workplace. Here it is, guys, my interview with Lee McNeil. Hey, Lead Hers, Welcome to the Lead Her Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gabriel. I'm a mom, an entrepreneur, and a true lover of learning. And each week, I want to bring you along as I sit down with women from all walks of life, We'll discuss business, personal growth, health, family, and everything in between. So whether you're already a badass businesswoman, or maybe you're a mom on a mission, listen up, it's time for a lesson. So without further ado, I want to welcome Lee McNeil. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I know I kind of did a little intro about what you're doing now, but Let's start with your childhood, kind of where you grew up, what life was like, move on into education, and let's just start there.
0: Sure. Um, So I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. I had a very privileged childhood. I grew up with a younger brother and a younger sister and parents that worked really hard to give me the best childhood I could have ever asked for. Um, all throughout school. I was very good at school. Mm-hmm. I worked really, really hard. I got almost straight A's all through um, elementary, middle, and high school pretty much. So um, always just star yeah. Student. So I, I was always very good at school. Yeah. But one thing I wasn't good at um, was standardized testing. Oh. So I had my first big setback when I didn't get into the college that I wanted to go to. So I really wanted to go to the University of Florida, which I hate to admit now because I'm a huge Seminole, right. um, but that was just the school that everyone um, that was, you know, in the AP classes and the, you mm-hmm. know, the smarter classes, that was the school that they went to, and although I had straight A's and I did everything I thought right, um, right. my test scores just weren't where they needed to be, um, and I ended up going to Florida State instead, which turned out to be one of the best decisions that I ever made, um, really shaped who I am today, and I loved my time there. I'm a huge supporter of the school still. Um, And throughout college, I continued to just work really, really hard and get the best grades that I could. Um, But there was just like something missing. I was really, really jealous of all my friends that knew exactly what they wanted to do. So I'm in nursing school, so I'm going to be a nurse or, you know, I'm studying finance and I'm going to do this very specific career in in finance that I don't even understand. Um, And I was just there taking psychology classes that, you know, applied to everything but qualified me for nothing. Um, And I was doing well and just trying to, like, find my fit. Um, And four years passed, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. All that I knew was that I really liked helping people and interacting um, with people. And I was told by a bunch of my friends that, I was very approachable, and they would always go to me when I had questions. So, um, my mind started moving to counselor. Yeah. So, I actually went to grad school at UGA to be a uh, therapist. So, I specified in career counseling within community counseling. Oh,
1: wow. So, I
0: was working to um, help people find their fit um, within. the university. So helping people find their different majors and identify their strengths and all these different things like that, which actually is pretty funny because I could have used one of those whenever I was actually in school. Um, Fast forward two years, time to graduate. Um, I really realized that I didn't want to go into counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed my classes, and I learned a lot about myself in that program, but I just didn't challenge me in the way that I was looking for um, I really like a fast-paced environment where I'm always working and grinding and I just I didn't find that in the different career paths for a counselor. Um, so I took a couple jobs that I didn't really like because I refused to move back home um, and had my ethics challenged a little bit by one of the companies I worked for and just ended up completely quitting that job without wow. another job, which was really scary. And, you know, I my parents, of course, would have supported me if I needed to, but, like, that wasn't really an option for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, z- I did a zip code search on Indeed.com, typed in my zip code, and I was like, I will f- I'm going to find a job. Um, and power popped up. Um, I was a little bit hesitant to go in at first. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the website, it was a picture from our, like, company trip to Mexico, and it was a bunch of guys – not wearing shirts, playing tug of war. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this company? Um, But the recruiter spoke so highly of the position and the way that he described it really interested me. So I was applying for the entry level office management slash HR assistant role. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to get into HR because I thought that was a way for me to kind of bridge myself into the corporate world, but still help people. So I came in, I actually interviewed with the co-CEO of the company, Asher, Um, If that tells you how important the position is viewed, he actually flew into town from headquarters to do the office manager interviews, Um, and after speaking with him in our first interview, I left, I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I never knew what I wanted to do, but, like, this is made for me. The way that he described the position, the responsibilities, the importance, and just the company in general made me realize, like, this, this is it, this is what I want. Um, And he called me back in for my second interview and basically said, all right, we know you can do the job. You're gonna be fine, you're smart. He actually looked at my GPA, which is something that people tell me employers don't typically look at. Um, But he was like, okay, you can do this, but will you be happy doing this? Um, And then he proceeded to go into all the hardships of the role. He told me it was male dominated. Mm -hmm. He told me I'd be challenged every day, that there wasn't necessarily as much training. There wasn't mentorship for my role here in Atlanta. Um, You know, the people that would be mentoring me would be very far away. There are very few female mentors, Mm -hmm. all these different things, and basically tried to talk me out of the role. Um, And I told him that, you know, just give me a chance. I know I don't have very much experience pertaining to this role, but I will, like,
1: I I will crush this.
0: I will work hard. I will do whatever it takes, um, and I will not let you down. Um, And so, yeah, he offered me the job, and it's then, the rest
1: is yeah, history. the rest is history. Yeah. Oh my God, so many things I want to talk about with everything you just said. So going back to um, how you were so great at the the school side of things, but not the standardized testing. I think so many people can relate mm-hmm. to that because there's things that you're gonna crush it in in life, and then sometimes it'll come down to one thing that is, that's an obstacle in the way of what Mm -hmm. your perceived dream is. But then, you know, how life, again, throws you that curveball and you end up where you're supposed to at FSU, which I know, like you said, you're still a huge Seminoles fan and you're still involved with the school. And um, so, you know, it's just funny how life works that way. Another thing that you mentioned that I think is really interesting is how, I think it's rare that the employer or the interviewer is going to try to talk you out of a position. But I think that's great. It goes to show a lot about power of how he really wanted to find the right person so he was willing to tell you all the things that you might not like that would be, prevent you from wanting the position. So that is, that's awesome. Man, okay, so moving forward to today. So you started out um, office manager in the Atlanta office. Talk to me a little bit about what your trajectory from that initial entry level to where you are now, How did? what are the things that you did to make yourself stand out, that you could give advice to women who, let's say, they are in an entry-level position, but they have their sights set on a director position. What would you say were some things that you did along the way that helped you to get to where you are now?
0: Well, I have to start uh, from the beginning. Yeah. So like I said before, I didn't have any experience at all related to the role. I had never been in an administrative role before. I'd never been involved in HR, recruiting, anything. Um, so my first year in my role, all I did was make mistakes. Right. So I would come in every day, and I would put my best foot forward, and I would try my hardest at whatever the tasks were for the day, um, and sometimes I would make mistakes. They would get pointed out to me very, very quickly, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, all that I could do was accept that criticism and accept those growing areas um, and just work my hardest never to make those mistakes again. Right. So it was, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. My, my first year, um, there were a lot of days that, you know, I left, and I was exhausted, and I, you know, would sometimes get down on myself and, you know, Wonder. You know, as
1: women are always exactly. critics.
0: Exactly. Sometimes I would, you know, wonder, like, is this ever going to get easier? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started to get easier. And then I started to learn from every single mistake and mm-hmm. job, but, you know, progressing to the next level. Um, and I think there was also a shift in the company kind of in the, in the middle of that as well that helped me. Um, we started to just add on more responsibility to the role um, and it became apparent that there needed to be two people mm-hmm. that did that role in each office. So I was able to bring on someone else and start to mentor her and start to um, divide up the responsibilities um, in a way that allowed more time for me to start to look at more bigger picture things. Mm-hmm. Um, And I started to really realize that I had enough free time in the day that I could start to use that time to help other office managers. I started to um, create procedures where there was no procedures. I started to create training materials that I wish I would have had. I was trained for three days by um, my predecessor, who was about to have a baby any moment while she was training me. Literally about um, to pop. Yes, <laughs> she was. She couldn't walk so to the closet or anything. <laughs> right, yeah. So I didn't receive the best foundation. Um, right. And I think that's you know, part of the reason why I was so lost for the first year. But I also took that as a motivator for myself to make sure that I could help other girls that were starting out that might need more guidance than I got. And I use that as a motivator to myself whenever I'm training new office managers and creating procedures and things like that.
1: So two big takeaways I think that people can get from everything you just said is you're gonna fail. There's gonna be days where you walk out and you leave or you sit down and you're like, okay, what's the point? This is hard. But just continuing to trudge through those hard times. And then once you get to a point where you feel like you've got your foundation, you started to look ahead Mm -hmm. okay what needs to change what could I make better so I think that if there's people out there who are struggling to say oh I really want to make it to this next level but they're not willing to take the time to say to look at the procedures or policies Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and say what can I make better then there's no way they're going to be able to move up right Is that exactly and I
0: think like one of the biggest um takeaways that I think for someone that's looking towards the future that's looking to move up um, is you have to absolutely dominate at the role that you were hired for, at the foundation, at your current position before you can even think of moving on to something new. So you have to get in there. You have to work hard. You have to prove that you are the best of the best at what you're doing. Then you can start thinking
1: towards the future. Absolutely. So that kind of helps me transition. So a lot of your job now Uh, in your current role uh, allows you, I guess, but also you have to hire. You're in a hiring position and firing, but let's talk about hiring first. So what are things that you've seen, themes that you've seen with um, thousands of interviews that you've done, good and bad? Let's start with good things that, you know, let's say there's someone who is getting ready to go into a job interview tomorrow. What advice would you have for them going into that interview?
0: I think um, researching the company and the position that you're applying for and understanding how uh, your inherent traits or what you bring to the table align with the role and align with the company. If you can come in and you can speak very specifically to maybe what the position is looking for and how you're already demonstrating that, you're already doing that, no matter if you have a job "Quote unquote relevant or not, um, if you can align your skills to the role, um, it makes you very desirable. So you don't even have to have, you know, that job title previously or even a a, a full time position previously. I hire a lot of people that are right out of college, mm-hmm. um, but I'm looking for their leadership their leadership tasks that they've done um, while they're in college and just other things that make them stand out um, for how they would align with the leadership that is required in the specific role.
1: Yes, and I think that's another point is, especially nowadays, I talk to a lot of young women who are just getting out of college and they say, gosh, well, I want to get in this field, but I keep getting told that, oh, I don't have experience or XYZ number that the listing says I need XYZ number of years in that position but I tell them go for it at least apply maybe they'll ask you in for an interview and then you can prove your case as to why you're a good fit so I think it sounds Mm -hmm. like what you're saying is you don't always necessarily have to say oh well it requires four years of sales experience so I don't have that so I'm not even going to apply. I like just go for it and hopefully something that you have done previously you can show exactly so what about the bad like I'm sure you've also been in a lot of really awful interviews what is something that you would say like don't ever do this in an interview
0: <laughs> don't ever badmouth your previous employer okay. that is a huge red flag um and you know although you have your reasons for leaving Everyone does, obviously you do, if you're seeking other employment. um, You wanna present yourself and your outlook in life um, in a positive way and you can do that without bringing anyone else down with you.
1: That's great advice. Okay, so speaking about not bad-mouthing people, we wanna lift people up. And one thing that Power just implemented this past year and started was a women's summit. And uh, so I know you spoke at the Women's Summit. So talk to me a little bit about that event and how that kind of came to fruition and the speaking aspect of it and what you might have learned from that.
0: Sure. Um, So as you can imagine, power home remodeling is very male-dominated. We're in the remodeling industry, um, and I specifically work on the sales side of it. So both very male-dominated industries. um, And that has just been kind of power's footprint for a very long time. When I was hired on um, into my entry-level role, I was the only female in my office for about two years. Like, literally the only girl. Yeah. Um, and I think at first, people just accepted that that was, you know, that was the way it was. We, we brought on a couple girls here and there, and they never lasted, and we just kind of blamed it on the industry, and we didn't push the envelope forward in any way mm-hmm. um, until a little over a year ago a couple um, females from the headquarters office went to Deirdre our VP of HR and they had some concerns about would they be able to be a mother and be in the current role that they're in would they would the schedule work would you know could you physically do the demands of the job while you're pregnant all these very normal concerns that had just never been brought up before because we didn't have anyone that it was a female in the role that even brought the, the issues forward. So that um, moved to the, the attention of Asher, our co-CEO, um, and he took it very, very seriously. He was um, kind of shocked thinking about the fact that he had never thought about it before. Right. Uh, so fast forward about six months, um, and we had our first Women's Summit. So the purpose of the summit was not only to bring together the women of the organization, but also to um, push forward some new initiatives and some changes for women at power and to recruit and retain more women. Sure. Um, it was a great event. It was very eye-opening um, hearing from women in other departments as well. I I live very closely in the office manager and sales and marketing world, and I was hearing from accounting and finance and HR or all these other departments within power. The the summit itself was um, very, very impactful. Asher led most of it. Uh, we had a guest speaker, and we also had a panel, which is what I spoke on. Uh, it was very nerve-wracking, but I got some pretty good advice before I went out there. I was freaking out because I don't like speaking in public, <laughs> but um, one of my mentors told me that, you know, I was speaking about myself, and mm. I'm the expert on that. Absolutely. No one in the audience. Uh, and, and just to stop thinking about what I was going to say and just say it. Right. Just tell your truth. Just, just say it. And that, that was really helpful, and it was definitely um, an experience that pushed me out of my comfort zone, but I was really glad that I did it. Um, and I, I my hope was that maybe one thing that I said could affect another Um, women in the audience in in some way. And I got some feedback after that that it did. And so I, I think it was a success.
1: That's amazing. Like you said, just sharing that with women, we are so much stronger together than we are apart. So going back a little bit to the days when you were the single female in the office, what advice would you have to women out there who maybe are in that situation currently where they are one of a few females, they maybe feel like they aren't totally being true to themselves and they aren't maybe saying things that they normally would because they're afraid that people are going to say, oh, well, you're just a girl, you know what you're talking about. Like, what would your best advice be? Um, so as
0: females, as women, um, one of our strengths is relationship building. And I think that's where everything starts. Building the relationships with the people in your office, with the males specifically, so that whenever you do have something to say, when you have a problem they're receptive to you and you're comfortable speaking to them. Right. Everything goes back to the relationships and I think that's something that women really excel in in general. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that was the mindset that I, I took in my role. There was probably 80 males in the office and I was managing all of them as the office manager and they knew that you know, I would do anything for them. So when, they needed, when I needed something from them, they were very quick to help me with anything I needed. Right.
1: So just creating that relationship and that bond with people Mm -hmm. to where they see you as a human, not just, oh, the the one female in the office. Absolutely. So another thing that your job now currently entails is a lot of travel. So talk to me about what work-life balance looks like for you right now i mean just to give you guys some context lee has literally been in town for less than 24 hours and having been gone for three weeks and she has an amazing boyfriend and a sweet little dog jackson and so you have a life but your job demands a lot of your time so what would you tell people or what do you do to make sure that you're able to maintain some sort of balance between your personal life and what you have going on at work
0: very good question. Um, I have a few pieces of advice. One would be making the time that you do spend with someone very impactful. So I make I make sure that when I am in town um, and it, maybe I have a weekend in town or just a night, what, whatever it is, when I'm spending time with my loved ones, with when I'm with my boyfriend, um, I'm not on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to him. I'm living in the moment. And I'm letting myself detach from work for
1: that time okay so just making sure that the time you do have is spent well exactly. and also taking care of yourself because when you're at work and you're in charge of making sure that the needs are being met of 27 other people and they are constantly coming to you with their problems and their issues what do you do do you have any sort of routines or rituals that you do um, whether it's daily or weekly to make sure that you're in the right headspace to be able to deal with all of that
0: I think the most important thing for me is personally is making sure I get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like a small thing, um, but it's, it's so easy to watch one more episode on Netflix and stay up for an hour or, you know, troll around on Facebook and stalk people, you know, it's it's so easy to do these extra things when really what your body needs to rebuild itself. And for you to be at your, your best the next day is get the rest that you need. Um, And that's something that I, always try to do. I always try to get my eight hours of sleep, and whether that means going in at 9 a.m. instead of 8 and just staying an extra hour later, mm-hmm. um, I I know that, like, the the rest is what I need to be at my full potential.
1: Right, so it's worth whatever you're giving up at that night. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of times people say, well, oh, so I've been working all day. I haven't had any time for me. The last thing I want to do is go home and just eat dinner and go straight to bed, but it's, like, what do you want to do? Stay up and like you said, watch right. another episode of Netflix and then you're going to be exhausted the next day and you're not going to be able to necessarily function in the best way you possibly could. So that's amazing advice. And I think a lot of people downplay how important sleep yeah. is. You know, it's always like, oh, I'm, I'm grind. I only got four hours of right. sleep last night. Like <laughs> I work harder than you. But in the end, if you get more sleep, you're going to be on top in the end. So that's awesome, awesome advice. So let's talk a little bit about action items what are what would you say is something that people who are listening who are looking to advance their career or accomplish a goal what are one or two things they could do in the next day to get a step closer to accomplishing that goal I would say
0: not being afraid to get your hands dirty and embracing every aspect of not only your role but all the roles around you so, just because I was, um, my title was regional office manager, didn't mean that that was the only world that I lived in. I was constantly shadowing other roles, learning how those departments operated, and just wasn't above anything, whether it was reorganizing the closet and fixing the Wi Fi in the office, to going into the field with marketers and understanding what their day to day was. Um, don't be afraid to just dive in and embrace everything uncomfortable um, because having that foundation will only help push you farther.
1: That is amazing <laughs> advice because I think a lot of times people get so caught up in, well, that, I don't, that's not part of my responsibility. Like, someone else can do that. But when you put yourself out into those other positions, people will take notice and they'll say, wow, she was really down just to do whatever and that makes you more attractive to potentially having a larger more significant role so that's great advice so the last thing i'm going to ask if you were to look back to when you had just graduated and you were kind of in that place of gosh what am i going to do you know i majored in this and got my master's but like i don't know how i feel what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from that period to where you are now in your career that if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self that you would kind of tell her?
0: I would just say don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be scared that the mistakes are bound to happen. It's just all about how you pick yourself up and how you learn
1: from them. That's awesome. So we'll leave you with that, guys. I hope you got a lot out of that. Thank you so much, Lee, for coming and talking with me Thanks for having me. Hey, friends, if you like this episode and you want to hear more, go subscribe to the Lead Her Lessons podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, leave me a rating and review. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So share this episode with your friends, and I'll catch you on the next one.